What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 29, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, Family. You can find us on Google Play Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify Podcasts. I have some allergies, and so that's going to My happen. goodness. Apparently, Brent is now 12 again. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hang on. <clears throat> You can find us on Google Play Podcasts and on uh, Spotify Podcasts and on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and when you find us, you need to review and rate us. You can tell your friends about us. They can search on the interwebs for Stargate Podcasts and things will start coming up, including work, walk, working through the Stargate. Zach, we're not walking anymore. We're, we're working not walking. We're working. Yep, that's wow. it. And okay. uh, if somebody suddenly decides to uh, work with us and they want to get a hold of us, how would they do that? Well, they would email us at working through this. No, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at walking through the stargate at gmail.com. That is W A L K I N G T H R O U G H T H E S T A R G A T E at gmail.com. Sweet. Uh, and let us know what's happening in your Stargate world. Uh, we haven't gotten any emails the last couple of weeks. Uh, and that makes for a sad Brent. That and the allergies. That and the allergies. Ah. Um, you can also uh, follow us on Twitter at Stargate Walking, where you can listen to and talk to Brent as he navigates those Twitter universes. Yeah. <laughs> I love um, how you describe these things, by the way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's all off the cuff. Piloting, piloting some Twitter ship through the Twitterverse, and you can watch him pilot this Twitter ship poorly <laughs> from afar. Well, you know, I... I, I I, I poke fun at you, Brent, but <laughs> only because I am just as bad on Facebook uh-huh. <laughs> uh, as you are on Twitter, and sometimes worse, and sometimes better. Um, uh, but we do have a Facebook uh, family as two. You can find us at Walking Through the Stargate. We have a Facebook page, Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page. Go ahead and hit that follow button and that like button. That's a wonderful thing to do. Um and you can also find the Stargate Walking Through the Stargate Facebook group. That's also very uh, uh, creatively called Walking Through the Stargate. Ha. Did um, has anybody guessed uh, where I'm at yet? I don't think anybody has attempted it. Yet. Oh, oh, oh um, y'all are in trouble. And uh, y'all need to, because uh, now I will say that there are a few of you out there who actually knows where Brent lives already. Oh, that's uh, I'm looking at you, brother. I'm looking at you, uh, other close friends who listen to this podcast. Uh, you are not allowed to guess. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't so, even think about putting so that. So that, that would be Tim and, and Justin and whomever else out there. Uh, knows uh, both of us. Yeah. Knows both of us. Uh, I'm... So you folks are not allowed to guess. But everybody else, it's fair game. So let us know where you think <laughs> Brent lives and works. Um, uh, that said, Brent, we uh, got a new uh, member to the Facebook group. and hey, nice. uh, Liked us. And uh, he mentioned yesterday, I think it was yesterday, might have been the day before, 
uh, that he found us about a week ago and watched the first or listened to the first twenty one episodes in that week. Wow! And to that, I have to say, congratulations, man! Jeez, Louise, no kidding. That that, like that a, that's hardcore. There should be um, like a like a, like a PlayStation trophy or a badge. You should badgeify that. Listen all right. to all something episodes in one week. There you go, Brent. Uh, you get right on that. Oh sure, yeah. I've got all the skills for that. Yep. <laughs> um, also, there's still the thread on Facebook about where our listeners are located. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't done that, go find that on our Facebook uh, group and uh, uh, type into that and let us know. Um, I haven't looked at it lately, so I don't think uh, we have any other places uh, particular. Uh, like I said, I've been busy lately, and have everybody's been busy. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, it, it's been busy one of those time. times. Yep. Um, other things, you know, Brent. Since we started this podcast um, about nine months ago, mm-hmm. we've been asking people for jingles. Oh, that's right. We've been asking for people to find, you know, some cool little snippets of things that could be added to it that might be fun and nifty, uh, and, and nobody has. Um, but that doesn't mean there isn't still time. There's uh, they're, they're storing their creative energies. I, They've had I something no, rattle around in the back of their head, yep, and they're yep. and they're like, ah, oh, that's not good enough. And so they're they're just working on it. They're just they're just they're just brewing on it. They're bre- okay. So we trust that you guys are still working on this in your head. Yep. And 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 when it all just percolates to the top of your brain, then it'll spill out and it'll be wonderful, amazing, walking through the Stargate content to help us out. Uh, we know it's coming, and uh, we're just eagerly waiting for it. <laughs> With bated breath. Yes. All right. Uh, shall we dig into this episode of Family? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so Family is directed by William Garrity, and the teleplay is by Catherine Powers. Uh, we saw them just a couple of episodes ago with Thor's Chariot. Thor's uh, Chariot. This is William's fourth of 12 total episodes that he directed. Um, We've seen him already in Broken Divide, Enigma, and Thor's Chariot. This is Catherine's second of third episodes, second of three episodes this season. We saw her with Thor's Chariot. We'll see her again. She did a few episodes uh, last season, and we'll do a couple more episodes next season, over the Uh next couple of seasons. Uh, If you want to know more about who William and Catherine are... Um, listen to our previous podcasts. Listen you know, to them again. Again, you know, we don't even have 30 yet, right? You so, can get through them in a week. Yeah, it, it's been proven. <laughs> you can yeah. almost get through them in one day. Uh, <laughs> It'd take you a yes. little bit more than a day. It would be, uh, and, at, and without cheating, listening at, at normal speed. At normal speed, yes. Yep, it would be a very yeah. long day. True. There would be another badge for that one. Listen to yeah. him in a day. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, uh, Family originally aired on August 14, 1998. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one in the UK was still No Matter What by Boyzone. I think it's still. Or maybe that's new. No, I think that uh, is new. I'm going to look new? that one up. Yeah. Okay, Boyzone. So not- Holy cow. <clears throat> Not That's uh, a name. still. Uh, in Australia, I think it was still Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Nice. Um, Excellent. 
Yep. Uh, so that was what people were listening to. Psst, uh, something is conspicuously absent. I have no idea what you're talking about, Brent. Oh, okay, never mind. Okay. In the box office, uh, <laughs> still saving Private Ryan, number two was how Stella got her groove back. Oh, yeah. 98. That. Wow, that's a uh, also, number three was The Avengers, and no, we're not talking about that Avengers, we're talking about the other Avengers with, I think, uh, Ray Fiennes and Uma Thurman. Oh, right. Right? Yeah. This was based on the 1960s uh, TV show in Britain yeah. called The Avengers. It was one of those spy movie type yep. things. MI6 or something. Uh, yep, something like that. Uh, number four was There's Something About Mary, and number five, Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes. Yeah. So, what was happening uh, as this episode aired on August 13, one day before it aired, San Diego Comic-Con, the 31st annual San Diego Comic-Con, opened. Wow. In, uh, shockingly, San Diego. Oh, I thought it was in Tampa. Yeah, well... You were a mistake. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. Yeah. My mistake. That's okay. Uh, That said, uh, Gen Con, totally unrelated to this, but Gen Con uh, is in Indianapolis right now, and Mm -hmm. the reason it's called Gen Con is because I think it started in, like, Geneva? I think so. That's right. Uh, And so it was called Gen Con, and then it got busy and moved to to Indianapolis. Yeah. So so the San Diego Comic-Con, it could move. It it could. It could totally um, move to like Denver and still be named the San Diego Comic Con. That would be hilarious. I would totally would <laughs> go to the San Diego Comic Con in Denver just for the hilarious irony of that being like, uh, Hi, I'm at the San Diego Comic Con in Denver. <laughs> th- that would be hilarious. <laughs> at I, least I to think, me. <laughs> I think that at this point in time, San Diego Comic-Con has developed into the size that it is that it's probably not going to, A, get significantly larger, maybe, um, but San Diego at least has the infrastructure to deal with it already as it is. I tell you what, if for some uh, strange twist of fate, I end up being the person in charge of determining where in the world the San Diego Comic-Con is held... I swear I will move it to Denver. <laughs> because because that just that's just my style. I, I there's just enough there's just enough uh, agent of chaos in me that that would sound like a good idea. <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion that San Diego is probably better uh, set up with infrastructure to handle San Diego Comic-Con than Denver is. Uh, Zach, I would be the person in charge of this decision for precisely one year. <laughs> that's that's how that would go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, on August 14th, Winnie Mandela sued was sued by the South African government. Hmm. Um, I didn't get a chance to look at the details of that, but that sounds kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. On the 15th of August, the Omagh bombing in Northern Ireland occurred. This was the worst terrorist incident of the Troubles. Uh, it killed 29 people and injured about 220. Yeah. So That's a lot. Uh, I don't remember that specific event, but I do remember... 
uh, the the strife that was happening in yep. Ireland at yep. this time. Uh, and then a couple of days later, on August 17th, uh, within the Monica Lewinsky scandal, right? We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. U.S. President Bill Clinton admits in a taped testimony that he had an impromptu physical relationship with the intern. And on the same day, admits before the nation that he misled people about the relationship. There was a really good um, uh, last week tonight article. John Oliver on HBO last week tonight. Um, he had done something about, um, I think, internet bullying, and he had about a maybe ten minute interview with Monica Lewinsky. That was really, I thought it was really good. I thought it was really, hmm. really interesting. I think it's worth people's time. Well, go and find it. Go find I, it. Yep. Yep. All right. So I have a few goofs about this episode. Yeah. So there's the scene when Colonel O'Neill returns to uh, Frotac and Dreyak's home, and he's disguised as a Jaffa. Yes. Right? You remember that scene? Of course. Well, there's a camera that pans as it gets it's far away from the door, and it gets close to the door, but then... Uh, uh, in that scene, uh, S- the rest of SG-1 kind of hide behind a wall as Braytac goes to the door. And if yes. you look carefully at the floor, you can see some tape marks for where oh. Amanda Tapping and uh, uh, Dreyak and, and uh, 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 Jackson and Teal are all supposed to hit their lines. Ha! So I did not uh, It that, took no. me a couple of times to watch through that to figure out exactly where that was. But I'm like, oh, yeah. Sure, look, there they are. Yeah. That's kind of fun. It also looked like he kind of struggled with uh, the door bolt. Like he moved it and then he had to like move it back. Oh, that could and be. Then open I missed the door. that one. And, I mean, it's, it's so inconsequential as to not really worry too much about it. But anyway, no. yes. And, and frankly, in that situation, you could easily play that off as, well, you know, sometimes latches are sticky. Yes. Um, uh, there was another goof. Um, when they begin to approach the Stargate on Chulak as uh, they're getting ready to take out the two singular Jaffa guards by the gate, yeah. uh, Teal'c runs up to a boulder and kind of crouches down behind it and bumps into it, and you see it go, wobble, wobble, wobble. Yep, I noticed that one. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, huh. Dude's a lot stronger so, than he looks. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, incidentally, Christopher Judge apparently right now is, I guess, I don't know, maybe he's getting ready for a new movie or something, but he has, he is ripped right now. Uh, uh, he's, I mean, he was pretty strong and beefy at this time, 20 years ago, but now, I mean, he's just, yeah, he's like, uh, like, like superhero ripped, ripped, apparently. He lifts, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you go, you Christopher Judge. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> Yay. All right. So uh, uh, shall we uh, dig into the synopsis here, Brent? Yes. Let's do it. And we're more or less back to normal because Yay. I get to do it now. Oh, yes. My life is, is a little bit less crazy. And so now I can uh, do things like the synopsis like I have done in the past. Welcome so, back, Zach. Ah, thank you, Brent. I'm glad to be back. Okay, excellent. All right, here we go. Family. 
Braytac arrives through the Stargate. By the way, Braytac sends his IDC before the gate opens up, and there's this weird uh, problem there that, that we didn't talk about, but it's there. Anyway. Speaking of, I'm going to pause you right there because I was carefully noticing the sequence of events. The ring was spinning. The iris was closed. I believe you hear a kawoosh. You go back and see the iris open with the gate fully activated. I don't know what they made the iris out of, but apparently it can withstand a kawoosh. It does. The the, the iris... The iris? The Irish can withstand the Irish. <laughs> we need to man the SGC with people from Ireland. With people from Ireland. The Irish, the Irish can, can withstand stand. the Kawoosh. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh. So, so what? What is? What is? What, what's O'Neill's problem? Right. He shouldn't be. He should have no troubles at all. Yeah. All right. All right. Sorry to distract. Shall, shall, shall we start this again? Yes. Let's start it again. Okay. Braytac arrives through the Stargate. Tilk's son is being held by Apophis. In the briefing room, General Hammond is surprised by news that Apophis is still alive. O'Neill's report clearly stated that Apophis and Chlorel died when their ship blew up orbiting Earth. Uh, Doesn't matter. Too much information. Time to move on. Time to move along. But I am noticing now that this is the second report where O'Neill said, yep, blew up a thing and killed uh, and killed an Egyptian god only to be like, oh, (laughs) about that. (laughs) Yeah. So Apophis is, in fact, still alive. Hammond continues by wondering why Apophis would take Ryak. Now, Apophis doesn't want Ryak. He wants Teal'c himself, and he is simply using the boy to get at the Sholva. That means traitor. Braytag clears things up. Maybe there's not enough information? Maybe we need more information. All right. Oh, I see what you're doing there. Yeah, yeah, okay. So we had too much information before. Uh, now i got to explain the joke, Brent. <sighs> no, you don't. People are okay. listening. They're keeping up. Okay, so it's just, just me. That anyway. needs more information? Braytag clears things up. <laughs> Apophis and Chlorel successfully escaped the exploding ships by using the Stargate, but that Apophis returned to Chulak in shame after his defeat and the loss of most of his Jaffa army. So after thinking it over, Hammond allows SG-1 to return to Chulak to rescue Ryak. Uh, in addition, they are to bring Ryak and Dreyak back to Earth so that Teal'c's family can no longer be used against them by the Gua'uld. The Stargate opens on Chulak, and a couple of gas canisters are tossed through, knocking out the serpent guards guarding the gate. You know, I realized that as I wrote that there, it sounds like somebody managed to chuck the gas canister and, like, hit him in the head accidentally. Very astutely. That would be better. That would, that would be, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, like, you know, it was, it was just a little tiny, like, silly <clears throat> plot moment. But, yeah, yeah. it would have been hilarious yeah. if it knocked somebody out, like, that, that would have been funny. In yes. any case, SG-1, along with Braytech, pass through the event horizon safely and proceed then to the house where Dreyak is living. The house is owned by Frotek, an old friend of Teal'c's. Initially thankful that Frotek took in his wife, Teal'c is pleased. But then the truth comes out. When it was believed that Teal'c was dead, 
Dreyak annulled her marriage to Teal'c and married Frotek. She wanted to give Ryak a better life. But this betrayal cuts Teal'c to his heart, and he attacks Frotek, trying to strangle him. Braytek and O'Neill stop him and calm him down enough. Braytek swears he did not know this tidbit of news, and he forces Teal'c to swear that he will not attempt to kill Frotek. That evening, they attempt to rescue Ryak. Everything goes as planned until Ryak sees his father and begins to cry out for Apophis and the guards resisting the rescue attempt. The rescuers return to Frotek's house in failure. Ryak has been brainwashed, and it will take more than originally expected to save the boy. The people of Chulak then receive a broadcast message from Apophis in one of those cool spheroid TV-like things. Uh, And not just Apophis, but his most faithful servant, Ryak. Apophis declares to all that Teal'c is in the city and must be hunted down. Anyone capturing him will receive a great reward, one million shestas. Whatever a shesta is. Oh boy, I wish I had a... My brain was saying, you can do it, Brent. You can come up with a currency joke on the fly. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't don't have it. That's right. Ryak calls his father a traitor, but asks that the people searching for her, searching for him, be careful because Teal'c has kidnapped his mother and she is innocent. She is Dreyak of the Morning Groves. Now, this last piece of information gives Teal'c hope because Dreyak is not from the Morning Groves, and I don't remember exactly where she is in fact from, so I didn't write it down. But you do, people out there in uh, podcast world, so let me know. Ryak would know that Dreyak is not from uh, the Morning Groves, and so this must be Ryak's resistance to the brainwashing, and he's giving Teal'c a clue as to how to rescue him. Suffice it to say, SG-1 and Braytech are far more skeptical and believe this to be a trap concocted by Apophis. That said, despite the likely trap, they discuss how they might use this information to rescue Ryak. While discussing this, there is a knock on the door. Guards have come to search the house for the traitor. Teal'c, Braytech, SG-1, and Dreyak hide while Frotech manages the guards. And after a brief search, they leave. And because of this, Frotak regains Teal'c's trust. Late that night, Dreyak finds Teal'c unable to sleep. Teal'c informs Dreyak that he never wishes to lay eyes on her after Ryak has been rescued. Which, by the way, is really harsh. Perhaps mm-hmm. understandable, but still very harsh. Mm-hmm. Now, Dreyak then tells Teal'c that she married Frotek because he was the only one who offered it, not because she harbors any love for him. Clearly, Teal'c and Dreyak still care for one another, and they embrace with a kiss. Now, unbeknownst to them, but knownst to everybody watching the show, <laughs> Frotek sees the kiss. Dun, he is, dun, dun. He's saddened. He's upset. He sneaks out of the house and heads straight for Apophis's palace. By the way, this is a a really big step. We'll get there. Uh, there's, yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. 
Uh, now, O'Neill notices Frotek's departure and follows stealthily. When Frotek arrives at the palace, he informs the Jaffa on guard there that he will lead them to the traitor and his evil friends. Now, witnessing this, Jack shoots the guards with a Zat gun before attempting to reason with Frotek. Now, for a moment, it looks like Frotek may agree, but the second he gets up, he starts yelling for the serpent guards, forcing Jack to shoot him again with a Zat gun, killing him. And then with a third shot, he disintegrates Frotek's body. Jack quickly hides as the serpent guards approach and then seal the gate, seal the gate, seal the palace, leaving Jack trapped inside. Now, the next morning, a serpent guard descends on the house, much to Braytek's outrage. However, it is soon revealed that the guard is none other than Jack. As Sam and Daniel help him remove the helmet, Daniel demands to know where Jack has been, while Dreyak wants to know where Frotek is. Jack grimly tells the group that Frotek left last night and made a beeline for the palace, and that he planned on turning them in, forcing Jack to kill him. Jack apologizes for his actions. Dreyak and Braytek are stunned by the news. Later that day, SG-1 et al. attempt a second rescue. Ryak is walking through the morning grove, surrounded by several Jaffa. Efficiently, the team dispatches the guards, and Ryak is thrilled to be reunited with his father. Jack and the others are skeptical of this radical turnaround in Ryak's behavior. But with no other real options on the table, they decide to head back to the gate to return to Earth. The Stargate is guarded by only two Jaffa. Something is going on, but again, without any clear understanding of what it is, SG-1 proceeds by taking out the two guards and returning to Earth along with Dreyak and Ryak. But Braytek decides to remain on Chulak. Upon their return, Ryak passes his medical exams with flying colors and wants nothing more than to see the skies of Earth. Dreyak remembers that while training with Braytek before he was taken by Apophis, uh, he got clipped in the jaw and he lost a couple of his teeth. But now those teeth are no longer missing. Realizing what's likely going on now, they approach Ryak with the intent to tranquilize him. Ryak struggles against them and tries to bite down, breaking the teeth, but he is stopped and subsequently knocked out. The teeth are removed and Dr. Frazier discovers that they were in fact hollow with a combination of organisms that, when mixed together, would spread across the globe, wiping out all life in a matter of days. And after a thorough scan to ensure that there are no other booby traps in the boy, they lock him in a cell and begin, the work, begin work on the process of getting his mind back. Tilk's attempts to convince Ryak that Apophis is not a god, do not work. ECT, that is, electroconvulsive therapy, is suggested. But it might kill the symbiote inside Ryak. After discovering what electroshock is, Teal suggests using a Zatnikotel. One shot will not kill the child, nor his symbiote, but might provide the shock that they are looking for. Dreyak is clearly distressed, but recognizes that this needs to be done. With no other options, the parents go into the room together, and, though difficult, 
Teal'c shoots Ryak with his hat gun. Ryak writhes in agony on the bed. However, as he begins to awaken, he seems to have no memory of the past few days and of Apophis's brainwashing. And he seems to be freed and looks happily upon his parents there together. Dreyek and Ryak then depart through the Stargate to the Land of Light, where they can be free and safe. The End. The End. So, Brent, Mm -hmm. what'd you think? Yeah, what did I think? So, I... um, I realized something towards the end of this episode, which I thought was kind of interesting, that I wanted to explore a little bit. And it could be just that my Midwestern sensibilities are getting in the way, but I find that I am ever so slightly uncomfortable when watching television shows, specifically, maybe all, I don't know if maybe I feel the same way when I'm watching movies, that really get really up close and into the personal space of family life. Like, the tail end when uh, Teal'c and, um, I gotta get all the names straight, when Teal'c and Dreyak were uh, on the bed with, with, with Ryak, uh, just before they uh, hit him with the Zat gun, like I was thinking to myself, "Wow, I am bored." And then I'm like, um, "I'm also like, I just kind of want to be looking away right now. <laughs> like this is a <laughs> private moment between these people, and here I am staring at him. Like, what are you gonna do?" And like, and then that was that thought of just like, "Huh?" I, I, I'm kind of realizing that through a lot of this episode, there was an awful lot of moments where I wanted to just be like, "Yeah, let me give you some privacy. Let me let me give you some space here." <laughs> and um, of course, that's completely against the nature of the story entirely. The whole point of the story is to be right up in the grill of these people uh, to experience uh, what's going on to them um, through their eyes and uh, as best we can. Um, but yeah, what ended up happening was that I felt a shade disinterested in what was happening. I thought that the plot development was um, pretty anemic. The coolest or the, the the most interesting thing that was happening was right there towards the two thirds mark where everybody was going, this is too easy. And I'm like, yeah, it is too easy. So clearly there's going to be a twist. What's the twist going to be? And the, um, the destructo teeth were kind of neat ish. Like it was like, oh, okay, there's the twist. Wow, boy, Apophis is diabolical. Um, you know, there was there was there was a little bit of uh, of a moment of like, uh, you know. I think that that is a necessary little bit that a person needs to see if they're watching this uh, series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but boy, it was really slow getting there, and the development of the relationships was if the the relationship thing kind of felt a little hobbled. Uh, like. Um, Getting a new husband felt a little huh, too much information. Time to move along. It, you know, it it made a you know it made a tiny bit of sense. It was explained okay, but uh, and the emotional reaction was very strong. But like it still like it was lining up. Um, everything except for when um, uh, boy, getting the name straight is tough. Uh, when Dreyak and Teal got their smooch on, and uh, Frotac. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, like went to 11 with it and is all like, you know, this lifelong friend that I had instead of like, uh, you know, confronting and instead of confronting him and saying like, Hey, what you did is not cool. Uh, he said, I know what I'll do. (laughs) I'm going to go straight (laughs) to the person that I can't stand and turn in my best friend from when I was from, from long ago. That, that sounds like a reasonable idea. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, the, there there are a lot of pieces the the idea of the story here actually is kind of cool yeah uh, i mean if you just take the, the the story itself you know teal's son gets brainwashed um teal has to go and rescue his son this mm-hmm. this gets a chance for for his, he and and his family to get reconnected a little bit better uh, you know, with the intent of reintroducing Apophis because we thought Apophis maybe was dead. Uh, right. We as the audience knew that he had escaped, uh, but they didn't. Right. Um, you know, so those elements actually make make sense. But when you start stringing them together, uh, it moves very much from, okay, then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then we'll do this so that this can happen. And right. And this will happen. And then we'll go on to this point, and this will happen. And it's 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 very linear. Yes. And there are spots where it jumps, like when Frotac, Frotac, all of a sudden uh, is, is willing to turn. In. I mean, now I can. It it makes a certain amount of sense to a degree that Frotac would get ticked off at Dreyak and and yes. Teal'c and and react. That makes sense. Um, but uh, the way it's acted, and frankly, there isn't any time to experience anything more than this. All we get is a close-up of the actor's face as he's like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah. And then you see him walking out the door. There, There's no rage in there. And now on that, I'm going to blame William on that. Because sure. he needed to give him a little bit more of a rage. The only reason that he would storm off like that if he did is if he was livid. And if he was livid, he would show it. And if he doesn't show it and is livid, then that means this man is cool as ice, as we have talked about in the past. Yes. Uh, but there is he belongs nothing in the in- SGC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's nothing else in the rest of the story that would suggest that that he would be that cool. In fact, right. it suggested that basically his day job is is a desk job. You know, right. he, he yeah. shifts papers around. Right, um, that's what he does. So if this is the situation, uh, if he's not a warrior per se, uh, then you know he, you're going to see something on his face, and you don't. Uh, and that's the only thing that would really move that in such a way that this makes sense. Now, once he gets to the palace, actually, this scene here makes a lot of sense if you accept that he's going to the palace. He calls for the guards. Uh, O'Neill is right there. Neil, zap, zap, zap. You know, guards, guards, zap. He right. dies. You know, right. that actually that actually makes sense. I actually kind of you know thought that that clip was good, but it just. How we got there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very like there was a lot about it that was that was formulaic to a fault, and um, yeah. I mean, I know that I'm um, 
I know I'm backseat driving right now, but it does seem like there was a bit more opportunity. <clears throat> there was an awful lot of moments that, that the pacing was slow, and that's okay. Uh, and it makes sense why you would want to have slow pacing in moments of emotional gravity. We've seen it lots of times right. in these episodes already. Like, you can't rush through this stuff. Uh, but Frotec was set up like... Um, Frotec was set up as it, uh, in the position of a really good friend to the family. Like, the concept of the unit of the family. And yes, in this instance, that means that, that Teal'c got his ego hurt, right? Like, there is a very specific uh, element of it, which is not just warm and fuzzy. But right. um, there is this, like, larger... Maybe. I don't know. I'm reading it like there was this larger magnanimous aspect uh, to this thing. Sure, maybe there's some opportunistic elements of it there, but, you know, whatever. There's still this idea that there's this guy who is a really good friend of Teal'c's, thinks along the same way as he does. Everybody thinks that Teal'c is probably dead, and after X amount of time, he's like, why don't we cohabitate? Why don't we become a unit? Why don't I offer what I have to protect you and your son? Um, that's not terrible. And then the actor and the 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 direction and the line the lines of the direction and the actor are all combining all the way up through that point of being you know something of um you know something of a minor rival but not in a very vicious way and then to have this moment happen doesn't feel true to the character whereas if the thing was set up with a bit more menace behind the scenes right like if there was just a little bit more snarl if there was a little bit more animosity you know just 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 right. ratchet the tension up just a little bit more right not a lot yep. more but a little yeah. bit such that it, when that moment happens, now all of a sudden we're like, hey, Mr. Snide Tense Guy, what are you going to do? Oh, yeah, look at that. You're going to go run to the palace. That makes sense now. Right. Like There, there, there are two ways, I think, to handle that. One mm-hmm. is to make them so buddy-buddy that the betrayal is shocking. Yes. Or B, ratchet up the rivalry so that the betrayal is inevitable. Yes. And what we got is something in between. Yes. Yeah. Where yeah. They're, 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 not, they're not as close of friends as they once were, and that's okay, and that's understandable. But it doesn't immediately put a person in a position of betraying that friend, right. that former friend. Um, right. I mean, even to the point of that, like, um, well, okay, maybe Teal'c is the better person, but whatever. Let's presume that these two are relatively on par with each other. Uh, Teal'c took a knife to the back, and he is not happy about it, and he will not uh, do more than what he can at this particular moment, but he he himself is able to work past it and continue to work with these people. So Frotac, presumably, again, if they are peers of a kind, should conceptually have been able to do the same thing and didn't. Right. I suspect, and we don't really get this, and this is part of the problem, is that I suspect that when they were younger, right, maybe they were mm-hmm. buddies, and uh, maybe this is before Teal'c and Dreyak got married and whatnot, you know, Frotec and Teal'c are like, hey, look at that lady over there, she's pretty sure. hot. And, you know, eventually Teal'c won Dreyak's heart, and they got married and had a life and all of this stuff. And then you have Frotec, who is being, you know, is just a little bit jealous. 
And yeah. he can maybe put that on hold, you know, for all of this stuff. And then when he gets his opportunity, he takes it. Uh, that's how I imagined this happening in the past. But we don't really quite see this uh, coming to fruition on the screen in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, we're forced to fill that in. And, you know, uh, retcon, uh, retcon for the sake of uh, enjoying the show on the long term is, you know, that's a thing that nerds do. And there's a reason that we do it. It's because <laughs> it makes for better stories and we like better stories. Um, but you're right, Zach, like that, 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 that would be kind of a cool story. Um, if yeah. we saw uh, five minutes worth of footage of footage, <laughs> five minutes worth of, of television story that uh, showed us Teal'c and Frotek when they were boys. Uh, when they were young men, um, you know, being teenagers, you know, and, and also you could build in the thing that, you know, like um, uh, Teal'c becomes, uh, uh, are Jaffa just guards, right? So Frotek no. becomes a paper pusher right? and Teal'c becomes a warrior. And that could be a piece of it too, right? Like there's all sorts of little tiny bits that you could uh, start to piece together right. to show that these two men aren't, they are friends, they have a deep history, and there's a rivalry. Right. Now, you know, part of the problem is that that's not the story that's being told here. Right. Uh, but that's a story that needs to be uh, fleshed out in the background. So yeah. what needs to happen sure. is that, uh, you know, Catherine, frankly, needs to think about what exactly... What she does is just, oh, yeah, they're friends from the past. And that's yeah, as and far that's as she it. goes. Yeah. What she needed to do is, they're friends of the past, and this is some of the stuff that has happened in their past. And then you write the characters in the present knowing, you knowing, that past. Me as an audience member, I don't even have to know that. But if you know it, and you write it with all of that backstory in mind, then the looks, the... Gotcha. The, the, yeah. the, the, the tension in the shoulder... You know, yeah. the shifting here and there creates that narrative so that I can know that that's in fact what is happening without having to be shown it. Yes. In fact, you get an example of this with uh, Teal'c at the very end, right? Uh, Dreyak looks at Ryak and recognizes that he's got the teeth again. And he, she very calmly but stiffly walks over to Teal'c and says, Teal'c, this is what's happening. And then you get a close-up of Teal'c, and he looks directly at O'Neill, right? Yes, And you see yes. that look, and all you, you, there's no dialogue, it's just that look, and you can tell from that look that, like, um, you know, looking at O'Neill, glancing over at Ryak, back at O'Neill. Yep. All yep. of a sudden, in that look, you know three paragraphs of dialogue. Sure, yes, you do, that's right. And, yeah. and that was what's missing uh, with, with the Frotat character. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it is a two-dimensional character that tries desperately in a couple of moments to be three-dimensional and without the fleshing out, fails. So I'm kind of realizing as we're talking about it, the Frotat character was really something that hobbled this story for me. Um, and I didn't quite appreciate the depth that it did. I think it was because that, uh, that Frotek was, was, uh, a linchpin character in a linchpin moment that really needed to happen for this whole story to kind of line up. 
mm-hmm. I think, as I'm as I'm kind of going through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a linchpin character in a linchpin moment. Yep. If that didn't happen in that way, a fair amount of the later part of the story wouldn't have been able to line up quite as nicely, uh, if at all. Well, and the second I don't thing. Know. Oh, go I mean, ahead. I'll come yeah, back. Yeah, okay. The second thing, though, was definitely how just uh, how easy everything wrapped up. I mean, oh, at the very, very end. Oh man, it was it. It was it. It, it just wasn't believable, right. like in the least. Like, yeah. like. Like there's there's aspects if if everything that is being told to us is it needs to be considered as gospel for this for this universe. Um, people that carry symbiotes and people you know the 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 uh, uh, the Gould, uh specifically the gods in the Gould universe are a lot more fragile, um, less clever than they think they are. Like there's an awful lot about them that is like how are you as powerful as you are right like. <laughs> There's you are thwarted pretty easily, kind of regularly, and in ways that are you should have anticipated. Theoretically, like if I I am led to presume that uh, Rayak was brainwashed in a in a method that nothing about it was 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 described as new or novel. in fact, actually, as I'm thinking about it, there might have been a little bit of dialogue between Braytac and Teal'c that indicated, like, this is a thing. Like, he's turned. But, like, turned in a way that is, like, you know, not... He, he wasn't convinced. He is not himself. He's, you know, that... Whatever. There was something about that dialogue that made me think that this is a thing that happens. But if it's but if it's undone with one hit from a Zat gun, like, <laughs> you're telling me that hasn't happened before? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, th- that really bugged me. Uh, I want to take a yeah. step backwards uh, and just just take, make a quick note that, quite frankly, the Frotac thing. It, I mean, yeah. if Frotac did not go to the palace and you know all of that stuff, the story could have gone on perfectly as it was. Because what happened next? They went to the Morning Grove and they got the boy. All of that they were planning on doing anyway. But they. Um but they also set up the reunion, the happy reunion between um, Durak. Was it, what was her name? Dreak. Dreak. Dreak between Dreak and Teal'c. Fair enough. Right? You do have to get like, rid of Frotek in some way so that they can have a happy reunion and then go off to the land of light. Okay. Right. I'll grant you that. Okay. Now going, getting back to the brainwashing thing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, see, yeah. here's the. You know, I mean, they. It was. Even if they were doing the electroconvulsive therapy, it would have been several shocks along with psycho development, whatever. Yes, yes. Uh, it, it's, it's not just a zap, 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 oh, you're all better. It's right. a zap, 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 whoa. Okay, now that your brain is a little bit more malleable, let's have a conversation about this. Let's talk about this. Let's do this and that. Right. Um, and, and then... Uh, you know, go through a process, a series over time, and then for this to be zap. Oh, oh, oh look, hey, I'm better. I'm a yeah. better. I forgot the last week. Never mind me. Yeah, right. I'm just an yeah. innocent boy again. And you know, and also, which makes that particular moment a little bit just galling, is that that was 
Yes, there were some lines in there that were noticeably different, such as to give a signal to the audience, oh, this is the real Raytac. He's back. Ryak. Um, Ryak. Raytac. Braytac. Ryak. Break it. (sighs) (laughs) You got tax here. You got axe there. You've got. Anyway. Um. Ryak, uh, it, it, there was a couple of really subtle lines that, that were definitely signaling to us, this is noticeably different, this is definitely the real Ryak. Right. But, my gosh, the entire episode was effectively him playing the scam. And, right, like, Teal shoots him once with his at gun, and he's once again like, oh, thank you, thank you, Dada, may I have some more? Like, it's like, <laughs> like, th- wait a minute, do you... you Whatever. I mean, and we were getting along in the show, and, you know, it was time to wrap it up, so there we go. I will say this. This is something that I really enjoyed about this episode, is uh, that that boy who played Ryak, because Mm -hmm. I thought his acting was superb. That is true. I thought I will. Acting, I will agree with you on you that know, one. From from the very beginning, when we see him and he immediately sees Teal'c and he just reacts violently and mm-hmm. and is just screaming and yelling and and then of course the next time you see him, uh, you know it's like especially when he's in that locked cell at near the end and he's just you know prowling the cage yeah. and the looks he gives his parents and then he gets this. This nice look, like, oh, maybe I'm going to uh, be convinced by you. And then he walks up to Teal'c and spits in his face. Yeah. I mean, that boy has got some serious acting chops on him. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I, I was really, really job. impressed with that. Um, and, you know, I mean, like, Christopher Judge did a pretty okay job. It was, a, it, well, I mean, okay, it, it, it he did a great job. And I will put... The reason behind me saying that is because, as I mentioned earlier, I was feeling a little uncomfortable. Like yeah. there was this, there was this feeling of like I'm invading personal space right now, and I don't really want to do that. Like, and uh, and, you and know, frankly, has, if you're good acting, if you're acting well uh, in, in a situation like that, the audience is going to feel a little bit like, um, should I be watching this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there was a, there was a there were parts of it that felt a. Um, Oh, the word that popped in my head was uh, overdone, and I don't really mean that. I just mean that that w- the material with with which they had to work demanded many, many minutes of this entire episode being this these these wistful, forlorn looks, these these sad, emotive moments, and and those are the parts that I was you know that, that were well acted to the point of me saying. I should give them a minute, right? Like, it, like there were th- th- that that worked out. Yeah. Um, and yet, boy, there was a lot of Christopher Judge looking sad and dejected and wounded and hurt. And like, like there was a there was a lot. There was a lot yeah. in that of that in this one. Yeah, um, I did like that moment at the very end when Jack Gil- Jack gives Ryak the glove. And he's not quite certain what it is or what to do with it, and so he just puts it on his head. Puts it on his head. <laughs> <laughs> Did, um, was that a, didn't, uh, oh shoot, what was the name of the main, uh, teenage boy character from the movie that, you know, who becomes, um, you know, Apophis's number two just recently? I can't remember the character's name. Um, not Charay, but. Sh- oh, Chlorel. Chlorel. Didn't he put something on his head too? Not a baseball mitt, but something else like. 
I don't know. It just seems like that was a callback. It felt like a callback. And I can't remember why. I I can't remember for sure. Well, it was still fun. Yeah. So, Brent, we've been chewing on this for some time now. Yeah. Any other pieces that you need to uh, get off of your chest? Nah. I think think people understand where I'm at. Yep. Okay. So then I turn to you, Brent, and ask, so, Brent? Yes. Family. Mm -hmm. Out of seven chevrons, how many chevrons does it get? Um, at the end of this one, <clears throat> I was effectively considering it something of a snoozer. And it was a snoozer, not because it was complete trash, but again, I was like, eh, kind of, should I be watching this moment right now? This feels a little personal. When at the end of it, I was thinking to myself, does a person really need to see it? And the answer is, yeah, you probably do. There's some stuff in here. Uh, did I particularly like watching it? Meh, no, not really. Um, would I relish the opportunity to watch it again? No, no, I would not. Uh, so I'm going to give this one only three out of seven chevrons. The it There was information. There was good acting where it needed to happen. The story was methodical. Where 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 it it was methodical where it was methodical and where it wasn't it wasn't inspired it was confusing mm-hmm. and so um, it's just like meh that's not this isn't that great of an episode so I'm just gonna go with a three going with a three um, I think as I so this has been one of those episodes that you know I've seen numerous times because I've seen the whole show numerous times and I'm like okay yep get through family because you know we passed message in a bottle and that was pretty good and moving on to stuff that's coming later which is going to be pretty good uh and this in here it's like okay well we'll get through this one and we'll move on and uh the other day as I was watching it uh I just kind of allowed myself to sit and just let the story wash over me mm-hmm. and I'm like you know this is is this better than what I remember it? And then I sit here and I start, you know, start chewing on it and parsing it out. Uh, uh, as I watched it this time, I explicitly noted some of the acting, uh, particularly of Teal'c and Ryak um, and probably O'Neill uh, mm-hmm. as being good. Uh, I, I thought Dreyak's acting was just a little bit too pouty. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Frotek was has always been a two-dimensional character trying to fill a three-dimensional space, and it's just yeah. not working. I have no problem with two-dimensional characters so long as they're simply two-dimensional characters. Right, you yeah. Know, the, the Jaffa guards are two-dimensional characters, so if they look a little bit goofy and then yeah, they get killed in 10 seconds, then, okay, so they looked a little goofy and then they got killed, but, you know, they're, they're part of the plot, and that's yep. the story. I don't have a problem with that. Um, but if you get a character like Frotek, who is simply a two-dimensional character trying to fill a three-dimensional space, it just doesn't work. So, all of this is to say that, yeah, this is still a, an episode that, that I want to get through as quickly, quickly as possible so I can move <laughs> on to something else. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, doesn't sound like it's going to be a particularly uh, stellar review. No. Uh, I'm going to give this an also, like you, I'm going to agree with you, I'm going to give it a three. All right. Uh, it's It's just... It's not bad. It's not, it's not awful. Bad. It's not yeah. terrible. And frankly, the pieces that are good bring it up. 
But yeah, but it doesn't. You know, I mean, like last week we talked about uh, uh, message in a bottle, and we each gave that a five because it just was a story that took you along and and built and just went, and it was good. This and just kind of sits it and just it really does. It just kind of sits on the shelf. It's like, yep, there is a story. There it is. And when the light catches it right, it looks neat, but most of the day it doesn't look that great at all. Yep. Yep. So, uh, Brent gives it a three. I give it a three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brent, the next episode is called Secrets. Uh-huh. So, tell me, what is Secrets about? Secrets. Let's see here. On the next episode of Stargate SG-1, the the SG-1 team travels through the gate to find a very disturbing sight. They see Major General George S. Hammond. What are you doing here? They ask him. Aren't you back at the SG-1? They they clearly didn't travel with him. He He was in the Stargate command room when they left, but here he is. And he looks at them and he says... The man at that base is not General Hammond. I am. What? All of a sudden, the entire world is turned upside down. Who's an imposter? Who's a real person? They travel back through the S to the Stargate, and now it's a game of, of I don't know what, chicken? I, I don't know. Uh, it's now a game where they don't know who to believe and who's not to believe. And Don S. Davies in a dynamic role where he's playing himself in two different aspects. Which one is the real General Hammond? Which one is the imposter? Why is there an imposter in either place? Join us next time for Stargate SG-1 Secrets. <laughs> How's that one? Bet you that one's an okay one. Well, you know, um, I-, I thought your your uh, impression there of General George S. Hammond was, was passable. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, passable, passable with um, with what effectively is a head cold, um, and 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 not having the full uh, ability to manipulate my voice. That is a high compliment. No, no, no. Keep in mind that uh, D is for diploma. D is for diploma. As, as in, in, you know, if you didn't, you fail, got one. I see. Pass. <laughs> it's passable. <laughs> You didn't say it was anywhere near good. It was just a D minus or better. <laughs> no. Oh, that's great. I I I recognized that 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 was you know you actually had a little couple of the the draw moments there of of Hammond. So I'll I'll give you that one. Um, shall we watch the promo to find out what Secrets is really about? Yes. Let me get my act together here, and I am. Where am I at? Hold on. I don't have my act together. You don't have things your act are, together. Things are messed up and everything's wrong. Okay, never mind. I'm back. Okay. All right. Okay. Here we go. I'm ready. I'm hitting go now. Next on Stargate SG-1. You may leave when ready. The Stargate team is about to face their toughest opponent. This will be the biggest story I've ever broken. Can one reporter Ooh, hey. bring down We're on the location in Washington, D.C. How much does he know? A lot. But when Daniel's See, that's the fake wife that's the fake camera right there. I yeah. am Charest's husband. Who are you? Why, Danielle, please. The fight must Wait a minute. Wait. Oh, hey. Uh, dare challenge me? 
Oh, we see him back it? again. Yeah. On the next Stargate SG-1. Wow, hey! This one looks alright. This one looks pretty fun. Yeah. So, so we get to see is... Sharae again. Yep. And uh, we get to be on location in Washington. Yep. And uh, what's this? Oh, Hurroo back. Back and you're gonna get stabbed. Just, just say hero with a bunch of marbles in your mouth. Oh, I got. In case people weren't able to hear, these are all my. Those are all my cough drops that I have, and I've been sticking them in my mouth periodically. So I just got to put a few more though. Few more of those in there. There you go. There you go. Perfect. There we go. Awesome. So. Um, we'll find out next time what the secrets are all about and what's happening mm-hmm. with that, uh, reporter and what's happening with the on location in, uh, uh, Washington DC and with Shaare and all of that. Uh, gotta watch um, out for that fake Donna's day or not. No, Donna's Davies is not fake Davies. Why do I keep saying Davies? Donna's Davis isn't fake, but, uh, that but, general Hammond, but there's a fake general Hammond out there. You gotta Just watch saying. out for them. Yep. Just yep. gotta look it out. That's right. Um, so, folks out there, uh, when we come to the end of Season 2, we will run out of our uh, promos uh, because they apparently don't exist for Season 3 and following, which makes me sad. So, uh, you know, as a couple of episodes ago, uh, we talked to Brent about uh, maybe inviting uh, listeners to write in uh, some some uh, descriptions of the episode that we can comment on. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think that's how it went, right? But we didn't, we haven't gotten anything like that. Uh, But this is my call for your help. So uh, it is about that time that we start thinking about those third and fourth and fifth season episodes, mostly the third season episodes. I'll I'll get your answer that one. Uh, But start thinking about those episodes (laughs) and, 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 and getting those in there so that we can continue some sort of, uh, gag, gag here. <laughs> we got a bit to maintain here. Maybe this is people. their way of saying that we should be gagged. <laughs> oh, that could totally be. Everybody's oh, just really man. being polite. Yeah. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Maybe they're all Midwesterners and they don't want to tell yeah. us how bad we truly are. A globe full of Midwesterners, just being like, "Yeah, Brent, um, yeah. we didn't want to tell you this to your face, but." Uh, yeah. Zach, oh man, yeah. you, know, you know that that other guy, he's okay, but oh gosh, you know. Yeah, you know, um, it's okay. I'm not saying it's bad, but <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so anyway, um, a quick note: uh, next weekend here in the United States and across most of the globe is Easter weekend. Yes. Um, which is a big deal for Christians on this planet, yes. and that is going to make my life very challenging. Uh, so we will not be podcasting next weekend. Um, Correct. Uh, but we will then jump in the following week, uh, and hopefully we will be back to our regularly scheduled weekly podcast uh, at that point. Yeah. yeah, I think so. My My life starts to get a little bit turned upside down as well. Um, right around the springtime. However, that said, I don't anticipate anything really kind of getting in the way. So we should be able to just pl- just continue to just plod right along yep. and uh, be making these episodes weekly, which is great fun. I'm really, I really, I still am enjoying this project quite oh, a lot. Good. 
and I'm I'm having fun. I hope that in not just the project, but but overall, you're enjoying the Stargate story. Um, I got to tell you that that uh, doing it in this fashion is making it more enjoyable for me because uh, dissecting these things is it, well. I like doing that anyway. Yeah. It's great fun. This is a lot of fun. Good. All right. Well, you can tell us what you think about the episode family. Tell us what you think about the episode secrets. Tell us what you think about our podcast. Tell us what you think about Brent's glasses. Yes. Uh, Tell us what you think about uh, my goatee. Uh Uh-huh. Whatever it is. Tell us what you think by emailing us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. That's W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T-E at gmail.com. Nice. Smooth as silk. And, or, tell us on Twitter. On the Twitters. Talk to us on the Twitterverse. Uh, on the Twitterverse, with not just my, in uh, the Twitterverse, my Twitter but ship. like right on top of it. Yeah. There you go. Uh, what's the name of your Twitter ship? You need to name that. Uh, I'll uh, think of, I'll let uh, you think uh, about yeah, that. thank you. So, you can follow us at Stargate Walking, and you can join us also on Facebook at uh, Walking Through the Stargate. We have a Facebook group there and a Facebook page. So join us there as we continue to uh, chew on this awesome show. Chomp, chomp. Chomp, 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 chomp. Anything else, Brent, that you have for the good of the whole? We're good. Okay. Ready to put this one behind me. Yep. Then with that, I'll say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home. (laughs) 